stay And I didn't feel so great Until I saw the city Thanks, as always, for tuning in to Straight from the Source. This is Michael Russo. Really appreciate you always listening, following, subscribing, whatever. And now is, again, the time to join up at The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash Straight from the Source will get you in for a discount. My guest today, Andrew Haidt. He's a returning champion on the podcast. He's been on two or three times. It's always fascinating listening to the Wilds director of team operations. He's the one of the people that really makes this engine run. He has deals with so much stress on the road, it's not even funny. And I don't think anybody ever really understands the amount of things that he has to juggle behind the scenes. It's not just booking flights and hotels. It's uh, so much stuff, especially in today's day and age with COVID-19 protocols. And and then, of course, we all know that the Wild right now have a little bit of a COVID issue, so he's had to deal with that. Then there was immigration things and all sorts of stuff. Um, during the uh, last road trip, actually the last couple road trips in this very, very big changing world and, and what makes it so much more difficult for a director of team operations, um, the George Costanza, the Minnesota Wild, so to speak, the assistant to the traveling secretary, only he doesn't have an assistant. So I uh, hope everybody likes the return of Andrew Height because it's just a fascinating conversation. And uh, I think everybody will realize how stressful his job can get during the season. Uh, tough road trip for the Wild. Start off well with a really nice win in Vancouver. Then they get to Seattle and the alarm bells start going off. They t- uh, do an, uh, It's their third day, so they do an, a COVID test in Seattle. That's the way it works in the NHL this season for vaccinated players, and the majority of NHLers are vaccinated, is that every four days, every three days, you get tested. Well, the Wild tested on Sunday, so they had to test again in Vancouver, in Seattle on Wednesday, and that's when Zuccarello and Pitlick popped up and joined Darby Hendrickson, Freddie Shabbat, and TJ Jindra on the COVID-19 protocol call list. Bill Guerin had it earlier this season as well. Um, Right now, it feels like the Wild have uh, nipped this in the bud, though, because um, when that happened, everybody deemed close contacts, which I, w- which I would assume is the majority of the team. They had to go into a seven straight day testing protocol, and so far, no other uh, ones have popped up. So, um, so that's good news. Um, but the bad news is they not only show up in Seattle and don't have Pitlick and Zuccarello for the game and have to cancel a much needed practice, but then they show up to the morning skate. Dmitry Kulikov can't get on. Alex Goligoski can get on. Um, he had hit been hit the night before in a collision with Brock Besser and hurt something in his upper body. Um, and then both players can't play in the game. So John Lazat, who was really brought up just to be COVID insurance, he was never expected to play. He had to make his NHL debut and the Wild had to go with a blue line that included Jordy Ben's Wild debut and then John Merrill and, and uh, guys getting elevated minutes that they probably normally wouldn't get. Very tough debut for John Lazat. Uh, Jordy Ben, not very good. John Merrill, not very good. And um, Spurgeon, Brodeen, and Dumba felt like had to play every single shift. And uh, the Wild really, um, after starting well in Seattle, didn't finish well. Another game where uh, Kaprizov um, wasn't able to score on a couple point-blank chances. Erickson Eck had a couple pucks in the crease set up by Fiala there in the third period that would have tied the game. He missed those, and just the Wild were doomed from there, and they wound up losing to Seattle in a game that Seattle deserved to win. Then... They go to Denver. It was a scheduled day off in Denver. They go on the ice in Denver. They play much, 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 much better, but a couple mistakes. 
Um, Adam Beckman makes his NHL debut on a line with uh, Connor Durer and Kyle Rao. They were on the ice for the first goal against. A couple of mistakes by them, but they were really left, left hung out to dry there uh, by a neutral zone step up by Matt Dumba. And then the Wild, um, you know, were, were sort of uh, uh, chasing the rest of the night. They finally get a power play goal from Ryan Hartman and 40 seconds later, um, some soft defense, but just a great play by Nathan McKinnon uh, leads to Eric Johnson's winning goal. And it was a type of shift that we have not seen this year from Kirill Kaprizov or Kevin Fiala, where a star just hops over the boards and just decides, I'm taking over the game, I'm going to get my team back into the game, and he just did exactly that with by smacking Brodine, setting up the play for Eric Johnson. Uh, Gabriel Landis got two goals to assist, Nathan McKinnon a couple assists, and like always, those two just absolutely roast the wild in Denver. It's just happened over and over and over again the last uh, couple years, and um, again, their stars being stars, the wild stars not being stars yet. Kirill Kaprizov, no goals going into Tuesday night's game against the Ottawa Senators. Kevin Fiala, one goal and two assists going into Tuesday night's game against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Fiala said yesterday that he feels like it's coming, that he's trying to do other things while he's keeping it, while attempting to keep his confidence up, staying positive, things like that. Um, So at some point, we've got to think that these two guys are going to be able to break out of the doldrums here. Uh, One would hope. Though I'm, I'm more actually concerned about Kaprizov than Fiala because Kaprizov off um, really has not been has ha, just doesn't look even remotely close to the player that we saw last year. Like there's zero explosiveness to his skating right now. Um, he is just he is not. Um, this is not the star that we saw last year, and that is a big concern. Uh, you know, he nine million dollars a year um, held the team. Um, you know, to to not being able to sign him until the day before training camp. Um, you know, comes into the country, which was great on his own, but kept it secret for a cup for for I don't even know how long down in Florida because he was trying to get more and more from the Wild, even though they were offering him the same nine million dollar contract all summer. So he wanted to be tr- p- treated like a star, paid like a star. They finally treat him like a star and didn't give him anything more, which I don't know how much more they could have given him for fifty five games worth of work. And he comes here and he has no goals through eight games. And sorry, that's when the scrutiny starts, especially when you lose three of your last four games. So he's got to be much, much better. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, for the most part, the team has been playing hard, working hard, getting depth, scoring up and down the lineup, have 20 guys with points. And we'll get to see a second straight game tonight of Adam Beckman. And hopefully they give him more of an opportunity to play elevated minutes. I'd love to see him on the power play. Um, I just, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think playing him on the fourth line is the way to go, but this is a much needed game by the wild tonight. Um, the Ottawa Senators are coming here after a, uh, blowout loss in Chicago to the struggling Blackhawks. Um, this is a team that's three and five. They're better. They do have skill, but this is a team that's still very beatable, especially when you're coming off three games out of four where you've lost two in a row where you've lost and then you've got to sit through till Saturday when they play in Pittsburgh so uh, no games until Saturday after tonight so this is a much needed two points to just sort of end the the, t- the narrative the next couple games and hopefully uh, we'll see a Kaprizov or a Fiala break out or both of them uh, tonight uh, we sure know that they have it in them um, again really thanks to Andrew Height for joining I really believe that you're going to enjoy this podcast and here's a word from some of our sponsors 
Welcome back to Straight from the Source. Thanks for always for tuning in. And uh, Andrew Hyatt is my returning guest. He's been on here two or three times. Andrew has been with the organization for a long, long time. Came from the Minnesota Twins, the Devil Rays. They call him Whitey. Anytime you hear a wild player use the term Whitey uh, in a post-game interview and on a podcast, this is who we are referring to. He's not only the director of team operations, he does all the player relations. So he's essentially the concierge, one-man show, uh, the George Costanza, the Minnesota Wild. Welcome back. Whitey. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate uh, you bringing me back for story time. And this is really cool because you are breaking in the new athletic mic stands that were sent to me in the mail. I think they're getting tired of me uh, always uh, hitting on the mic and making all sorts of other noises. So you're getting a getting a christen it. Well, I'll give the uh, I'll give the review when we're done and see how it goes. So Whitey is, as I always say, I mean, you really you, you're the engine that makes this thing vroom. Um, it is unbelievable the amount of things you have to work on. It's not just like people that think that this would be a fun job that, oh, you get to book charters and hotels for a hockey team. It's the least of what you have to deal with. And we learned that again last week with um, assistant coaches going into COVID-19 protocol, a couple of players going into COVID-19 protocol. The first time in a couple years uh, since the bubble that you guys had to fly into Canada, fly back and all the challenges there. Uh, where do you want to start with uh, this crazy, crazy last week, Whitey? Yeah, I guess I'd say, yeah, this job is always evolving, right? Like you look at it eight years ago and the stuff I'm dealing with now compared to then is 100% different. I, you know, I, I, John Worley, our medical head medical trainer, and I talk frequently and, you know, the amount of knowledge I know from a medical standpoint now, I would never have, <laughs> have fathomed that. So, um, you know, with all the COVID-19 protocols and um, compliance that each team is dealing with on a daily basis um, with the league is, it's, 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 never ending really it, it is so um you know last like you had mentioned last week we we had another situation where we had to you know reinvent the wheel once again as uh, a few of our coaches went into COVID-19 protocol before leaving on the on the road trip um and then of course once we got on the road trip um we had a couple guys go down with it as well so um and you know looking at this year compared to last year and the year before um you know we're we're trying to live a normal life here right we're trying to travel normal we're trying to to play and execute the games normal and um you just got to really Players are, going manage, back to their, yeah, I mean, yeah. players are living their lives yeah. outside the ring. So it's impossible. Like last year, it felt like there were all these protocols to try to keep everybody healthy. And it's still bit teams, obviously you being the Minnesota wild being one of them, but this year it is sort of the wild West, you know, go home to your family, go grocery shopping, go to restaurants, be safe, but you're going to catch this clearly now that we're seeing the vaccinated players are still getting the, the illness. Yeah. 100%. And that's what I, you know, I talk talking to multiple people about this, you know, I look at the last three seasons, seasons or the last three years that since COVID, you know, began in March, I believe it was March 12th was our last game mm -hmm. that was canceled against uh, the Vegas Golden Knights here at home. I remember that day like it was yesterday. We, uh, you know, we got the call and I, I went into the locker room and I told coach and um, I, I said, we have to send these guys home, um, you know, and telling the guys, I said, hey, keep your phones on you guys. You know, I imagine you're going to come back for the game. Well, clearly we didn't, and and um, a lot has happened since then. Um, but yeah, looking at the last two, two and a half years, you know, when the restart happened and the bubbles were created, going up to Edmonton, I will say that's probably one of the strangest 
career opportunities, I guess you could call it, that I will ever be a part of. Um, but it was very contained and there was nothing, you know, we went, however, X number of weeks with zero positive cases and that was in the heart of it all. Right. So um, as, as strange as it was, it was very safe and the league finished what they wanted to start. And they, you know, they finished the season and we got to the Stanley Cup champions at the end of it all. So um, as, as strange as it was, it was a, a positive. Right. And then with last year, only being in, in divisional play and uh, selfishly, I liked going out to the West Coast. You know, you had the the sunny California weather and, and Arizona and um it was still contained, right? There was still heavy, heavy protocols in place where it, it protected us and it also managed the expectations of the room. Um, where this year, it's, it is, you know, I don't want to say wild, wild west, but we're, we're navigating through an open world. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, there's, there's proof that vaccinated players and staff members are getting it as, as well as common people in, in the world. Um, and it's just how do we manage it and, and what other forms of safety and protocols will be put into place? So, um, you know, I just flew to Vancouver for the first time. I hadn't been to Canada in a couple of years uh, since our father son trip actually to Vancouver and Edmonton. And for me, it was a whole, I had to get a negative test, I had to download the Arrive Canada app. I still landed in Vancouver and got randomly selected to get tested. So I've been tested like eight times in the last like week, which could explain my nosebleeds every morning. Um, but is, how did that work for the team? I mean, you guys, uh, we, know, we know that, you know, Bill Guerin was cleared of COVID-19 protocol, but he was not allowed to go to Vancouver because I think he had to be 14 days clear of having the, the illness. A couple of uh, players, you guys all fly there after getting tested that morning before the trip. How does that work? Correct. Yeah, we, you know, we still have to abide by the the, the border rules and, mm-hmm. and you know, Canadian laws that are put into place and you're correct um i think bill was at day 10 of his quarantine which from a league standpoint yes he was cleared but traveling into canada he was not so he met us on the trip um in seattle and yeah it's it's you know traveling private um through delta we still have to follow all of the the rules put in place so you know the night before i'm i'm rapidly putting in 25 arrive can apps and guys phones and you know <laughs> walking them through it and making sure they're clear and that had to know, be a stressful thing knowing that you were trying to get 23 players to follow directions i mean it that. was and to on top of that michael listen to this one so we get onto the plane and it's really the first long flight we've had you know since last season going into california and you know the the preseason games are quick in and outs and so we get on the plane and my delta coordinator says fyi andrew there's no wi-fi on this plane today and my whole plan going into that long trip was going to each guy and making sure their arrive can app was loaded properly and as soon as we got to 10,000 feet there was no wi-fi so i sat on a stressful uh three-hour flight hoping that i did it all properly and the guys that attempted to do it um loaded it properly as well because it's actually like i i did the arrive canada app it it's easy but it's not self-explanatory like i didn't know it had like almost no category for working media 
on like why you're arriving. So I like put myself as a foreign national, which I'm the whole stri- time seeing with with me. I'm stressing like they're gonna be like, who the heck are you? You're yeah, not and a that's foreign the thing. national. And we had a you know we had a separate set of of answers. You could say. Uh-huh. Um, coming in on a, a private plane for exempt employees, mm-hmm. right? So, um, but knock on wood, we all got in, um, got into Canada, okay. And um, you know, the customs agents were were very accommodating, and it was good. It was great to get across the border right. again and play hockey. And um, you know, looking at our home opener a few weeks back, you know, the conversation was we haven't had a full building in the XL Energy Center in 595 days and we look at that going into Canada and that's the same you know the same amount of time and just the energy of the guys you know being able to travel like normal and playing teams like Winnipeg or Vancouver or getting to Seattle and you know playing those teams outside of the six or seven that we played last year it's 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 very invigorating and and really gets energy back into the room yeah imagine the Canucks that was the first time with any fans in two years so that's pretty crazy um now you now finish the game in Vancouver you get them on the bus you go to the airport you land in the middle of the night in Seattle I heard that was a bit of a cluster uh, luckily um, yeah it was and and you know with Seattle being new into the league right Mm -hmm. um, I I don't know I can't quote this and and you might want to look this up but I don't know if we were the first professional private charter to arrive into Seattle Mm -hmm. Um, you know I I would assume the Toronto Raptors aren't flying cross country and and crossing in Seattle as are you know the the Toronto Blue Jays right Mm -hmm. so we fly we have to clear customs on the U.S. side and uh, let's just say there was some learning curves from their standpoint from the customs agents on the custom agents (laughs) we'll just leave it at that (laughs) I don't want to be contained here and and not being allowed back back there in a couple weeks um now the next morning you is because the way it works in the NHL are vaccinated players get tested every three days. So you tested on Sunday. It's now Wednesday in Seattle. You guys go to the rink and boom, a couple of players, uh, Zuccarello and Pitlick, as we now know, uh, tested positive for the virus. How does that all work? Yeah, there's there's two times that the, the players joke that they don't like to see Whitey walking through the room. Mm-hmm. It's during... Uh, final cuts of of training camp and uh covid testing days Mm -hmm. and they all when i walk into the room they put their heads down Mm -hmm. right they don't want to they don't want to make eye contact with me and they definitely don't want to talk to me um and that's the thing we you know it all jokes aside um yeah it happened again right we did our our due diligence we tested and you know a a few of our guys had to go into covid protocol and um i you know Selfishly, I would have liked it to happen in Chicago or St. Louis when they were a a quick drive away, but it happened in Seattle again, and um, we have to follow protocol and get these guys isolated and and, uh, really not only talk with the league, but talk with our medical directors and make sure that we're making sure that they're in a safe environment, but also the people around us and really staying you know, on top of the staff that we work with, the hotels, the buses, the flight, you know, the charter people, we want to make sure that we're not endangering them as well. So it really, um, it's a, it's a long list of, of people that need to be checked off on information. Now, now last year, um, you, you were actually part of a, a select few number of PR people that actually picked uh, specific hotels in each market. We can talk about the San Jose situation at some point here too. Uh, in each market to actually be designated as team hotels on the road because there were all sorts of protocols that these hotels had to follow, including isolated wings and things like that. If there were players or staff that tested positive for the virus while on the road, we saw that happen in Denver. Is that 
that the same thing now? Like, do you have to have a separate, you know, plan with the hotel in Seattle in case something like this happened? Is that where Zuccarello and Pitlick ended up? Yeah, last year, that was one of the big things. There was a small group of myself and counterparts that got together and worked with the league and established select hotels, right? Like you said, the protocols were so strict last year that if we were using, say, two or three or four different hotels in each city, it would have been a disaster in a fact of, you know, these these hotels knew what we were living through. They were up to date on any of the updates that the league were sending us. It, it went very well, right? Mm -hmm. Well, this year, we're back to normal booking and travel and everything. So, each of us got to choose our own hotels and a lot of them are the same, but there's a few that are different. And with COVID happening this year, it was really working with the, the hotel and making sure that we fall in line with the city jurisdictions and making sure that we follow what they need instead of what we expect them to help us with. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, isolating those guys, locking them in their rooms, taking their keys away from them. Wow. Um, you know, a, a knock and drop, they call it, for food. Um, so there's zero interaction as far as that goes. And, and then really finding out and figuring out options to get them home, yeah. right? The last thing we want to do is have our players um, forced to stay in a hotel that's 12,000 miles, you know, 1,200 miles away from their home. Yeah. Um, and that's where the next piece of the puzzle comes in with, you know, just that like last year doing the, the aero care medical jets and making sure that we safely get them home. Right. And so Zuccarell and Pitlick, that's how they got back. Yes. Okay. They, you know, just like last year, I, I, you know, I hate to look at the bill at these on these things, but <laughs> um, it's needed, right? Yeah. It's one of those where this is our only option unless you want to get them in a, a car and ask them to drive 1200 miles which i don't think whether you're you're healthy or not isn't ideal mm -hmm. um so this was our option and, and working with my my charter company um that i work with on a regular basis which we'll talk about another yeah. charter story towards the end of the show here yeah. um which will get a, a good chuckle out of everybody but i hear it's um, a classic <laughs> <laughs> it, it is it is one for the ages um but yeah it's it's getting them home safe yeah great tease by the way andrew you're good at this i get people <laughs> to stick around for the full uh, pod um first of all i can't, I can't like there's so many protocols and I don't even understand them. I'm reading about like Zuccarello and 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 I'm doing the math. Ten days, ten days, sort of is 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 it Friday or Saturday? Like, are they eligible to play Saturday? They would if you know it's and that's the thing that has evolved from the protocols of last year, mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, with all of our full group being fully vaccinated, as as the as Batman's come out and said, there's very few in the league that aren't, right? So we're working ahead and, and the protocols continue to change and, and you know, as quick as we want to get them back, we want to make sure that they're safe and healthy. Um, and yes, it would be 10 days would bring us to Friday. So if he's symptom, if they're symptom free and, and are, you know, feeling good and testing negative, then yes, but we need to make sure we follow protocol and the the right timeline as we advance now close contacts at, of zuccarello and pitlick um had to, had to get tested seven straight days so it, i mean it, how, how do you deem colo's contact is by definition close contact every player well just like when the coaches group went down you know we work with our our on the compliance officer for the club this year working with chris o'hearn closely along with john worley and then we have a contact tracing agent as well so you know the group of us get together and we speak with the individuals um and and kind of 
put together that timeline of what's happened, who's who have been in contact for, you know, longer than X amount of minutes. And, um, you know, there's a long list that we need to check off. And, you know, from the safety standpoint, it's, it's easiest just to test everybody, mm -hmm. right? And make sure everyone's healthy. And uh, I mean, you've got to be really knock on wood and we are sitting at a wood table. Um, you have to be really delighted that so far it feels like you have nipped this in the bud that there's been no more, more positive tests that we know of. Yeah, I'd say that we're over the hump on this one, right? You know, and I think we're going to continue to see this evolve throughout the year. And, and you know, as, as teams and, and people are living their, their lives normal, we're going to, you know, things are going to pop up. But you see that with other teams, you know, San Jose had to scramble you know, a few days ago and, and, you know, there'll be teams that we're not, we're not the only ones that are going to have to deal with this throughout. All right. Um, man, uh, let's, now you go to Denver. Um, you have to, all of a sudden you have not only the COVID situation, but you have injuries to Kulikov, to Greenway, to uh, Galagos. You have Iowa and Fargo on its way to the Canadian border. Um, Tell me about that whole situation. Yeah, that, yeah. you know, thinking about it, you know, you look back, you look at the last 48 hours of what we just ran through and it's getting through customs and then the COVID outbreak. And, you know, we get into, we get into Denver, which we're very familiar with, right? We went there last year. They're a division rival, you know, travel into Denver should be very easy, right? And in normal times, it's almost a city that, that I can breathe easy in. Right. It's close to the rink. It's a beautiful hotel. Um, boxes are checked. Let's move on. Right. But that never happens anymore, it seems. Especially so. in Denver, where I'm sorry, like <laughs> well, you, this yes. is where the pandemic began for you guys, pretty much. Yes, so. last year, that's where yeah. it was one we'll of the We'll go back and talk about that if we have time, because I, I want everybody to hear that story in this, that manic. Yeah, I would say that, that would, in looking at it, I. I would say that is still my toughest day of my career was that day in Denver yeah. last year. Yeah, we'll but go to that. But tell us about this one. We get into Denver and like you had said, we had the, the COVID cases plus, you know, a couple guys that were on the shelf from the night before. And um, again, working with Chris and John and, and being, in, you know, Chris talking to coach and, and Billy and trying to put the puzzle together. We're like, you know, who's who's how can we get enough guys right so all of a sudden plus like, it's a testing it's day. a testing yeah. day, right so everyone's on pins and needles hoping that everything comes back yeah. negative and so then all of a sudden we hold the the iowa team at the border because we don't know how many guys are going to either test positive or what these medical the medical decisions are going to be made so i speak with benny my counterpart up in iowa and and chris talks to mike murray and say hey we need to stop them at the border because if they go into canada hard telling if we're going to be able to get them out quick enough so and I just so everyone chris O'Hearn's the wild uh, assistant gm um and mike murray is the director of hockey operations and the iowa gm correct yeah okay. so um you know we kind of halted them there and I, I believe they spent a two or three hours at a local mall yeah, <laughs> anxiously <that's> <laughs> anxiously waiting for us to give them the green light <laughs> um so it, yeah it, it's the snowball effect right one thing happens and then all of a sudden we need bodies and then flights and and i would say this in normal times 
flights into certain cities like Denver or Minneapolis or Chicago are easy. But I feel like right now, nothing is easy and there's very few options. And so yeah, Fargo I have, to Denver, there's not I, a lot of flights. I would have to say this, I, I found a nonstop. So yeah. I'm going to pat myself on the back there, but I believe it was a nonstop on Frontier. Wow. And uh, we got them, we got both Addison and uh, Beckman in from Fargo um, nonstop um, that night. But also we needed to send John Lazat down and there is no options from Denver into Winnipeg. Let's just say that. And I believe we made that decision about 1230 in the afternoon. And I, you know, I quick chat with my travel agent and she said there, there's a 230. And if, if you guys aren't familiar with Denver International, it's about 40 minute drive. So 230 like through Minneapolis type thing? Yes. Yeah, yep, yeah. There was 230 through Minneapolis. Um, and luckily, Tony DeCosta, our head equipment guy, was at the, the rink sharpening. So I quick call him. Hey, pull Lazat's gear. We're sending him. Um, he'll be there in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, we got on the horn with, with John, explained the situation. We got a car service for him. Quick turnaround. He ran and got his gear. Um, going into Canada, he needed the Arrive Can app. He needed a negative test. You know, all of that stuff yeah. on top of it. Yeah. Um, and I said, hey, you get in the car. I'll send you everything you need. Let's work through it on the next 40-minute drive. And um, knock on wood, we, we got him at the gate in time. And he, he got on the plane and he, he met the Iowa Wild in yeah, Winnipeg nice. that night. Yeah. So, you know, it, talking situational, you know, it's one after the other. And then when you put it all together, it's uh, it makes for quite the day. And and you mentioned the snowball effect. When you do stuff like this, too, it changes everything. I mean, like you got to change bus times, per diems. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, the transportation, as you mentioned. I mean, there's just a it's not just like you're not your your minutes not done. You've got like 50 other things that now get readjusted with every single thing that you have to do. Right? Yeah, I work off of a checklist. I think it's about 18 to 20 bucks boxes that I check each trip. And then when a roster move happens, it's about 10 to 12, making sure that the snowball falls in the right spot mm -hmm. as it trickles down the hill. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to add to the excitement of the day, um, bringing Beckman in, and then um, yeah, we weren't able to get um, Connor Dewar's parents into Seattle on time for the his debut. Um, so both of them were playing again that night in Colorado and talking with Billy and Chris, we thought it was was best to try to get these get their families in and you should have seen the smiles on both of their faces. Um, I think it's a really cool thing that the PA and league do um, allowing the team or you know almost it's mandatory right so yeah. making the team take the the time to get the the families in for nhl debuts and it's a once in a lifetime thing right yeah, so it's it's pretty cool and and seeing the smiles on their faces yeah. like i said was pretty now cool. poor kaylin addison's family has never seen him play still and he's played what eight games now nine games in the national hockey league including the playoffs so when did when will that happen it's funny you say that actually addy walked into my office yesterday and we chatted about that mm -hmm. um you know with last year being the way it is you know, Addison hasn't either as Kirill Kaprizov. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, let's put them on the books this year and hopefully wow. get those debut, you know, debut trips done as well. Yeah. So um, but with with their families travel as well, you know, I, I complain about ours the last couple of days. But I believe I believe Beckman's parents had to go from Saskatoon to Toronto to Denver. 
Wow. And um, Dewar's family had to go Winnipeg to Seattle to Denver. Wow. So definitely not um, easy day of travel for for both families, but it made it it made it all good when they stepped into the arena that night. Yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, just flights are so limited now. I can't even like the we have the trip to Edmonton, San Jose. My travel that day is hellacious. I got like three stops leaving Calgary. I have to go Edmonton, Calgary, Calgary. I think Vancouver or Seattle and then down to San Francisco. I can't even fly into San Jose. And I would say that's another place where we're spoiled as an organization. Um, and credit to Craig and, and you know, the upper management team. Um, having Iowa be our farm system, mm -hmm. right? It's it's a quick drive up or quick drive back. And and when, when we're home, it, it makes my life a lot easier. I, I joke with my counterpart at the Twins um, when they were in Rochester, New York, you know, he would always text me, you know, no flights available going through this city, going through that city. And I said, now you've, you've got it really easy going from St. Paul to Minneapolis. Do you even have a, a housing contract set up or what's your, yeah. what's your place there? Pretty so. crazy. Um, so let's go back to last February. Uh, Felino test positive here on, I think on a Sunday, um, doesn't play that night against, uh, whoever you're playing at home might've been Colorado. I can't remember. Um, and then you guys go to Denver, um, play the avalanche and the next day you find out that that i think it was bukestead tested positive you uh, find this out early early in the morning um and now you call an all team pcr test i think you take everybody by a dozen players on a bus like like multiple trips to the airport because you don't want to put everybody on the same bus um for testing and that's when you have now a handful of guys the spurgeon oh like a bunch of guys test positive uh to bring us to that day because you mentioned that was i can't even imagine what you had to deal with that day yeah i would say that is definitely michael that is still one of my toughest days of work mm -hmm. you know getting those initial calls and and meeting with chris and john and saying what do we do next right mm -hmm. what's our what's our plan of attack here like you said felina was already back home um he had already tested um and we didn't really know what this thing you know what this nasty virus was yet at that at that point right or how how quick is it going to spread through a locker room and um when when the next when the next guy news came in we had to test a full group and so yeah so we bust everyone down to the arena and and you know it was a pretty eerie feeling as we got off the bus and there was multiple testers and ppe gear and outside and and you know just it, it wasn't a good feeling and and making sure that we got the job done but again making sure everyone stayed safe through it all was our biggest um you know focus mm -hmm. and then as soon as we started getting positive test after positive test um that's when we really sat back and said okay now what's next how do we get these guys back safe and that's where the medical jets came into play and and um you know quarantining in the, in the hotel and and really being you know keeping the communication levels high on all levels, making sure that everyone that was involved with mm -hmm. us knew what the situation was yeah. and didn't you so you send about six or seven guys the beninos uh, uh um you know Bustad spurgeons all those guys back via medical jet and then you guys now the game the second game of the the home the the consecutive games is back is canceled um everybody that's negative takes a charter back to minnesota but on the morning of the charter if i remember nico stern tested positive and you had to book a second medical jet right yeah so we had to have another all-team test right mm -hmm. and and um 
that's where it was kind of waiting on pins and needles, you know, working with our Delta crew, um, you know, making sure that we hit all the right rules that they have in place as we board a a plane for two hours mm -hmm. um, and that's where yes the next next couple happened and so I had to circle the old med jet back again um, <laughs> as it continued to tick away at my budget um, and <laughs> and it was uh, it wasn't a good day it, yeah. there was nothing good about that stretch of gosh a week to ten days really yeah. Yeah. we get home and you know everyone's like you know when are we gonna restart yeah. we had no idea because then and you get home and every it felt like every day more guys were added. Eventually, at one point, you had seventeen players, I believe, on the COVID protocol. That, you know what? I've tried to erase that time in my head, <laughs> um, but yes, that does sound accurate yeah. around that number. And and you know, then it's working with local hotels that would allow us to quarantine yeah. and have food service set up because we didn't want to endanger you know the families, families and right? kids yeah. as well amazing um what a what a crazy crazy existence and then all the things that go through it and then uh, i should do a, a podcast with chris o'hearn and turn talk about how the heck he was able to piece together this lineup one day because i'm telling you like that i had a conversation with him during this and he explained everything and it was just uh, as much of an existence uh, uh as as tough an existence that you had john worley and him were as 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 Bill Guerin always says, the two, the three MVPs of that whole, whole time. Trust me, we've spent yeah. the last two years. The three of us, I think, have spent more time together than we have with our families. Yeah. And by the end of each day, I think we can tell on our facial expressions that we are just absolutely wiped. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and then there are just all sorts of other protocols. Like I remember, I mean, here's the weirdest one that I still remember from last year: is you guys tr uh, swap Ian Cole for Greg Pattern. It should be the easiest day in the history of trades for for Andrew Height, and it turns out to be because one's in LA the other's in Anaheim so it's just all right go the 40 minutes but even that was insane because you like you were going to have the bus and then you realized the bus wasn't allowed to take him back because you know um, and, and then like even like you can't like I think you sent a car service call down there but you couldn't send pattern back in the same car because it wasn't disinfected I mean stuff like that yeah I, I, I don't want to talk out of turn but I, I don't know maybe that's the only way that that deal got done was mm -hmm. because they could if they had to run the 40 miles they would run the 40 miles yeah. but um, you know because it was a easier um transaction in covid times than you know if getting on a plane because at that point they would have had to quarantine um you would have been down a body for seven days or whatever it was um and so yes we we made the trade and and working with my counterparts um in colorado like you said they were in i believe they were in la and we were in anaheim and we just made the swap but hitting protocol, you know, we, we couldn't use the buses. We couldn't use the car services. We had to find a certain car service um, that had enough space between them and the driver. Um, you know, how do they get their gear? You know, it's just like you said, one that should be as turnkey as possible yeah. or as easy as possible wasn't. And that's what our whole year was, right? It was just continual reinventing of the wheel to make sure that we could get to the end goal. Great example that just popped in my head. Tell everybody the story where all of a sudden you wake up, I think you're in Arizona, and find out that the San Jose Hotel that you organized to to house every team in San Jose last year closed immediately because of, it went into bankruptcy. And that's what's the toughest part. And you see, you know, I think all of us can, can think about someone that has been really affected by this 
COVID mm-hmm. um, outbreak or, or COVID situation the last couple of years. And, but it's really hurt the service industry and, you know, working with buses and hotels and planes and restaurants on a daily basis. Those are my people that I work with and rely on every day. Um, and and they're struggling to navigate to reopen and and when things were were really bad um, hotels were closing because of staffing issues because of um, you know occupancy jurisdictions in each city and yes the the Fairmont in San Jose actually I believe Vegas was in Vegas yeah, they was were in actually, San Jose. Like they had to move yeah. out of their hotel. During morning skate, I believe. Yeah. They had to move across town. And I so I text my counterpart, um, Rick Bronstein with the Vegas Golden Knights. And I said, how's your day going? And um, we chatted after the fact. And um, they it was, a, it was out of their power. And the doors were locked. And they had to move um, hotels in the middle, row, I think, middle so. of the afternoon yeah. um you know I, I i joked with them i said it's not as it's not as stressful as moving in the middle of the night when i had the fire in calgary yeah, yeah. but um it's still a, a game day and stressful yeah. situation and if you're a wild fan listening to this podcast go back and listen to my some um i've had andrew on a couple times i think on podcasts and those podcasts uh you know the last one was on the morning in new jersey where you had a travel problem that you eventually wound up i think landing in detroit uh instead of back here in minnesota and then we have the one where he talks about his some unbelievable stories from like his first day on the job. His first week on the job was as good as it gets when it comes to stories in terms of this job. Um, let's let's. Uh, I want to talk to you just uh, real on four different subjects. How uh, one the whole curl Billy thing, um, you know, the whole getting him signed, um, but waiting on the schedule, the retreat in Duluth, and then the Winter Classic. But let's start with the schedule. This, this summer you have to learn new protocols. You have to get all these players back here, but the schedule doesn't come out until really late August, early September, which I had to think has to affect you uh, because you're the one booking all this travel. I mean, you can't just call Delta last second and say, I need a charter. You can't call hotels. I mean, you need to set things up. And there were multiple schedules because we didn't know if there was going to be an Olympic break or not. Yeah, you're exactly right, Michael. It's one of those where that's, you know, the big part of my job is, is going from point A to B to C and making sure everything is set. Um, and usually I do that um, when the schedule comes out in June, right? Well, with the, the season being pushed back last year, um, with the Stanley Cup not happening until, what, the third week, mm-hmm. second or third week in July, yep. right? Um, and then the draft happening and, and the schedule still not out because, like you said, we were still up in the air if we were doing the Olympics or not. Um, and so something that I would normally have done in, in June didn't get done until August, um, and then all of a sudden, guys. Super are, late August. Uh, I remember talking. August, I remember yes. talking during the state fair, and you were completely like frantic it's, about what to do. You know, it's one of those where I like to put that to bed early <laughs> because that can be that's controlled. That's a controlled part of my job. But happening as late as it did, guys are starting to come back into town. We're starting captain practice. Um, we have the prospect camp here at. at Tria rink um, with the Chicago Blackhawks this year, um, training camp, and as all of that stuff, the madness is going on. The busiest two weeks of my my year, I'm still trying to book hotels, mm-hmm. confirm with Delta, do scheduling, do equipment transfers, um, and it was it was it was a hectic time where you know the hotels are, are antsy to get people back in them, right? So when we think, hey, this hotel is going to be great for us. 
who knows if we're allowed to get in. A lot of the big companies that didn't do their retreats, didn't have their corporate meetings, are trying to fit into the fourth quarter and they have no room for us, right? Mm -hmm. So we had to adjust a little bit on where we stay and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, you can't fault the league. You, you know, there's no fault to anyone, really. Yeah, right? it's it, just it, a pain. It's the pain that we had to work through yeah. and it was the schedule that we and, were given. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I think that people don't realize that just because there wasn't, there were two schedules, one with the Olympic break and one without, but the one without the Olympic break, it doesn't just all of a sudden you plug in bunch of games in that two-week window it changed everything no, i can say that i will say that yeah you're probably one of the only people that saw the revised schedule <laughs> yes. and i'm sure it was not easy to just when i received that the revised schedule and i look at it it was drastically different yeah and so that's where you know calling my global hotel reps across the the country i said it's not there's no mm -hmm. point in doing any of this work mm -hmm. because if we go a different route it is all out yeah. the window. Yeah. So it was a hurry up and wait game. And um, luckily we, we got everything done and ready. Uh, Carol Caprice signs on the eve of training camp, essentially. Uh, Bill Guerin gets a call on a Monday morning, I believe it was. Uh, he was meeting with his staff. It was Paul Theophanis. He says, you need to get down to Florida. Tell us how this all came about. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I'm sure Billy has told you a little bit yeah. about this these couple days. But um, yeah, he was meeting with the coaching staff. All of a sudden, I get a text. I knew he was in the meeting with the coaches, too. And I get a text from Billy. He says, book me a flight to Florida ASAP. Um, so I did. And, you know, he walks by my office. He said, I'll call you on the way. Right. So he was on his way to, to Florida. And um, we get him down there. And he, you know, he has his meetings with paul and krill and mm -hmm. um and then it's it's getting them back right so um you know he was he was planning to fly commercial that next evening back to minnesota and um so i went to went to bed like all was good and um i get a, a call from billy from florida the next morning and said you know he asked when's the quickest when's the quickest private jet you can can set up right what's the quickest time we can get back um so I call my charter company again and, and you know, what are options from Miami Beach to Minneapolis? And again, just like a lot of things in this world right now, it's not available, right? Um, we, had, we had one option, you know, first I looked into our owner's, owner's jet. Um, Craig, Craig gave us the green light to use that, but his pilots had already timed out for the day. So that sat um, unused. And, you know, the next option I found was a, a a jet in Chicago that, you know, we did the math and by the time they got to, to Miami beach and back to Minneapolis, they had, the pilots would have timed out. Um, and timing out means, you know, they have a, a block of a, a window that they can work in and be up in the air. And, and, um, if they time out, they can't take the trip. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the Chicago one, that was not an option. So I finally call my charter company back and I say, I just need an option as soon as possible in a, I think I said 150 mile radius of Miami Beach. Just find me an option. Um, and he said, okay, give me 20. So he, f he called me back 20 minutes later. He said, I found a plane. It's in Boca Raton. Um, great, they, great airport. <laughs> great airport. I, I'm, 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 I'm disappointed that I didn't know that this was happening because I used to have all these sources at that airport when I was covering uh, the Panthers. So. You know what? I would have loved to task you with this one, Michael. <laughs> See if you can do it for one day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no. So he's like, I found one in Boca Raton. Um, the caveat of it all is he needs to be up in the air in two and a half hours. 
I said, okay. I hang up. I call Billy. I said, I found you one. You need to be on the plane, doors shut in two and a half hours. Tell him to sign the contract now. <laughs> Otherwise, the, they time out again. Right. They time out as well. So um, he goes, we're doing it. Um, he was, Krill was staying on the island um, with a couple other buddies at that time. He was oh, proactive. Fisher Island. He was proactive um, and, and coming over and, mm -hmm. you know, doing everything he needed to prepare right. to be ready for camp. Yeah. Um, but he was staying out there. And so he had to ferry out and get his yeah. bags um, and then come back. And they had to make their drive up. And, you know, I'm pulling up the I'm pulling up the, the drive time on my phone and the traffic just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And I pretty much told Billy, I said, Billy, we got to get in the car and go now. Yeah. Otherwise, we're not going to make it. Um, and they did. Right. They started the drive up and um they're making their way up and, and like you said they were with paul theophanis krill's agent as well and he uh he needed to go to the airport um out of fort lauderdale first and then they were going to give he was going to give billy his car to drive up to boca raton with um so that they didn't have to worry about ubers or you know getting another car uh -huh. so um, and I hope I'm not, you know, I hope I'm, this isn't my last day on the job telling the story in full here because it gets good. Yeah. Um, but we, so they drop Paul off and Billy and Krill are, you know, speeding up to Boca Raton and about five minutes into the drive, Paul calls Billy and says, do not shut that car off. I forgot the key fob in my pocket right <laughs> so they literally they they make a u-turn drive back to the airport and krill sticks his hand out the window grabs the key fob and they continue on otherwise if they would have shut the yeah, car yeah, off, right? they would not they have turned it on it would Stop not have turned gas, on exactly. get, get a protein bar exactly. whatever so, holy crap so they're they, they're cruising up to uh cruising up to boca raton now they're they're up against the limit right the time is just ticking away traffic is terrible you know i I'm sure they're running every red light. I'm sure they're jumping barriers, whatever they need to do to get yeah. there on time. And of course, I'm pacing in my kitchen and my wife is just laughing at me. Yeah. You know, she's like, what are you like? This, this is just com comedy. It's pure yeah. comedy. Yeah. And so I'm talking to my charter guy. I'm talking to the pilot. I'm talking to Billy. I'm texting with Kirill because Billy's driving. And um, finally, my, my charter company contact calls me and he goes they have 11 minutes to get on this plane otherwise it's out of our hands wow and so i i called billy i said billy you have 10 minutes where yeah. are you he goes we're three miles away yeah and and i-95 to glades road i know it right there <laughs> and they literally they they he said i think they missed a turn at some point they jumped a median yeah and um, like to get it when you get off at i-95 to get it to get on the service road that gets you to boca airport is very confusing <laughs> very confusing so they i think like if they, you make you know, a right instead of just going straight like you're essentially yeah. screwed for like a mile so they they then you hit Get in. I believe they just left their keys. They threw their keys at the front desk, and uh, they they got the door shut with I think two and a half minutes. To that spare. is crazy. So. That would explain why I kept on getting like, do not. You got to be careful when you put this out and all this stuff. So, and then Billy at the presser, he goes, "There's an unbelievable." He said, "There's an unbelievable story to tell on this, but it's too long." Like he said, like like uh, at the presser, and so this is the story that yeah, he was referring that is, to. Uh, that's the story, and and. I could breathe easy once the wheels God, got up in the air. What a but crazy! They crazy. both made it back yeah. in time for um, day one of camp, yeah, and that amazing. was the, that was the goal yeah. through it all. Yeah. Um, 
And, uh, I, and again, I hope I'm not talking out of turn here, but to add another level to this story, um, you know how hard Chris O'Hearn has worked with Billy on, on getting this deal done, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's months, months in the making. And um, that start of that week, um, Chris got called to jury duty. Oh my God. And he's on jury duty as all of this is going down, you know, sneaking his phone in, I'm sure, I don't know, but sneaking his phone in and, and you know, making sure Billy's okay, making sure the deal's gonna get done, making sure Billy has all the information needed. Um, it was just, a very eventful couple days. Unbelievable. A um, couple other quick subjects, and we'll wrap up the podcast. Whitey, I appreciate all the time this morning. Uh, but uh, Duluth, um, you know, the, that's the next thing that you had a plan in training camp, uh, getting these guys up for a team bonding trip. They were up at the resort. They had a, um, a bunch of fun stuff, a golf outing. Uh, tell us about that whole trip. Yeah, you know what? I think uh, I'm glad you brought up Duluth because it definitely brought normal back to our group. You know, we've been going two, over two years now of, of not normal activity. And to be able to have a retreat with the guys, with our travel group, you know, coaches, hockey ops, players, support staff, you know, getting that group of 50 plus together outside of a work environment is so important as we begin the grind of what the season is. Um, and what was really cool about this um, trip too was Mike Madonna and Miko Koivu yeah. joined. And they're both, uh, they're both been, you know, on the staff and part of advising Billy and, and just being around. And it was so cool to see and be a part of, you know, the late night campfire chats of, you know, guys like Jordan Greenway, Marcus Foligno, Alex Goligoski, um, our captain Jared Spurgeon sitting around the table, just eyes wide open listening to stories that you know of mike madonna and yeah. and firsthand right and and just experience stories that mike shared with us and it was a, a cool couple days there and and you know miko being a part of it now from a non-player standpoint and you know still having the respect that he has um that he had while he was a player and now is you know on the other side of it to see that interaction unfold um and you know guys like goose who played with billy right yep. so story time came out mm -hmm. there too and and um you know it was just a really cool couple days like you said we had some really fun activities when it came to golf and um you know a pig roast i can say um i think we talked on our other podcasts or you've had interviews with guys about monkey money yeah. and there's always been some monkey money stories that have come out that what what can they get andrew to do to make a little extra cash so um let's just say there was a monkey money um opportunity on the trip as well that included some pig roast eyeballs and and i got oh. i got the deal done there and and um it was a fun couple days and just really helps kind of set the tone for what the year is to come right and just lastly i mean uh winter class are coming up january 1st uh, it's gonna be a primetime game every wild fan is looking forward to it there's gonna be family skates there's gonna be all sorts of cool things the league does where does your what is your planning uh, part of of planning this big event it's really already begun right it's it started months ago mm -hmm. there's a small um s small committee that have worked uh, very hard on this e activity and event and you know we had the stadium series i believe in 2016 at tcf bank and we played the blackhawks um so we have the st louis blues coming in this year and we're at target field um over in minneapolis and selfishly i'm i'm pretty giddy about this one as as two of my passions collide as you had mentioned earlier in the podcast that i came from the minnesota twins so um being able to work with a lot of my counterparts and and former 
staffers over there and really to kick off another unbelievable event and really just you know walking out of the clubhouse is going to be pretty cool as, yeah. as guys with skates do yeah so. really cool is there going to be behind the scenes uh like like kind of becoming wild type 24 7 thing and i know that's something the league was looking at meeting with yeah with seen the content calendar i think we're gonna have some pretty cool stuff coming out just with the access um behind the scenes and um you know music and yeah, and all it's, sorts it's of cool music. Cool. There's going to be all sorts of rinks on the ice beyond just the big one. It's going to be a really neat, neat it's, event to, for to celebrate hockey in this awesome market. Yeah, so. I think we've been, you know, it's been uh, a long time coming, but I think it, we wouldn't have couldn't have had it any better way yeah. with kicking it off this year. So. so when I used to watch Seinfeld, I used to think, man, that'd be a great job to be the assistant uh, traveling secretary or whatever Costanza <laughs> was. But every time I do a podcast with you, Whitey, like my heart thumps because I just think of the amount of things that you're able to do and keep organized that there is no way that my mind would be able to wrap around. I just would lose all... I, it would create so much anxiety in my life. So I don't even know how do you do it while navigating a new bride, a, a uh, you know, new baby... Uh, all this type of stuff it's pretty crazy yeah it's i appreciate you uh wanting me to come on and and yeah. as i look at my phone continuing to buzz again i'll have uh a good hour of email catch up now to do because you stole yeah, me. Yeah, I know. I saw Michael. your phone uh, lighting up. As has <laughs> mine right now so um hey whitey as always thanks a lot and here's a word from one of our sponsors once again, thanks to Andrew Height for joining this week's podcast. I uh, really love when I get to sit down with uh, the guy they call Whitey. Uh, podcasts throughout our network. I really, really love the Athletic Hockey Show USA, hosted every week by Kirk Custance and Sean Chandil. Their guest this week, former NHL captain Bryce Salvador. And thanks for listening to Straight From The Source. Please follow us on your favorite plat podcast platform. And don't forget to leave a rating and review. Subscribe to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts. Get all the bonus content from our entire network. And start with a 30-day free trial than just 99 cents a month after that and right now annual subscriptions to the athletic are 3.99 a month when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source talk to you next week everybody